Good evening, and welcome to the Bonafide Moto Show. I'm your host, Joe Fleming, also known as So Tall Right Now. Uh, happy Wednesday to everyone. It's uh, week seven here, and uh, still having fun. Um, tonight's guest, uh, he actually isn't on the call yet, so I am going to drop him a message. He is based in Toronto, so he um, may get the time zone messed up. I did send him a message just a bit ago to let him know, uh, but his name is Liam Cormier, and he is the lead singer for a band called the Cancer Bats, um, which is a hardcore punk band. And it's funny enough, it's it's um, it's a music taste that I haven't yet acquired. So um, I'm looking forward to chatting to him and hearing about um, his music background. And um, what's also great about Tim is that he's got a... Uh, a passion for motorcycles, and he was on the Scram Africa last year, which is based in Morocco, and um, really excited to hear his story um, about how he got there. Um, he actually had quite a long trip to get there, but I'll let him chat to you about that. Um, I'm just going to drop him another message. Um, hey, dude. Um, so, um for those who are on the show, uh, this will be our last full week of episodes. Um, we will be going to uh, once a week for maybe like a month or so, and we're trying to decide on whether we do like Wednesday nights or if we do Friday nights, um, but it will be once a week, and then we'll see kind of how we phase it out after that. Um, but we will still be doing the show. Uh, you can still... Uh, listen to us on Apple Podcast, and um, you can catch all the live shows. If you've missed any, you can go on there uh, on the Apple Podcast and get those. I see Liam is messaging me now, so that's a good thing. So, okay, wicked. <laughs> okay, cool. So, he's going to be on the show just now. So, this show is brought to you uh, by our friends at Motul and Jack Black. Uh, Motul, obviously, we speak very highly of their MC Care range, and um, they've got a wide range of products that can be used to not only take care of your bike, um, like chain lubes and cleaners. There's Liam. Uh, Liam, I'm going to add you to the call just now. Um, I actually forgot to take a photo yesterday, uh, do like a quick video. I was cleaning my mountain bike, and... Um, I didn't have chain lube the past couple of days of riding. It's just sounded like super squeaky. I didn't have any chain lube, but I had the Motul chain lube. Um, I've got like three different types and I used it and it sounds pretty good. So it works. Um, check out the MC Care range of products. Uh, once, I don't know, level three opens up, hopefully we can start to get some more of their products. Uh, take care of your bikes while we're in this lockdown. Um, so Liam. Without further ado, I'm coming for you, dude. Stand by. There he is. So as I mentioned, Liam is in Toronto. Liam! What's up, What's up dude? There we go. Uh, I'm stoked. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having yeah. me on the show. Yeah, absolute pleasure, dude. It was... Uh, 
anytime I get a referral from Isidora and I can stalk someone's photos and see someone looks quite goofy, I'm keen to have them on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh, it's funny the like uh, the like six degrees of separation that fuel kind of seems to be and yeah. in like an international sort of way like how everybody seems to kind of like like you're in south africa i'm in canada isadora's in like spain and yeah. yet we all kind of have like these people in common um yeah. i think it's really cool yeah i mean it is like a it is a very small community like when when i kind of look at sort of our niche of motorcycles and what sort of appeals to me and obviously like what appeals to you um there's a certain community of riders that are are well known and like we recognize them and we're like oh that's that dude he was at he was at uh dirtquake or whatever it was yeah and, um, so it is a very small community for sure yeah i feel like there's also that kind of like there are those events i guess like SRAM kind of being like one of those things like and dirtquake and like the melly mile like yeah. Uh, it's sort of like you have those people that you're like, oh, yeah, you were at Dirtquake, you know, USA, and, like, this person's, like, at the Melly Mile. Like, everyone kind of, it's, like, is in this small world, like, interconnectedness. But, um, yeah, yeah, because Dutch was just on your show uh, yeah. the other day. And, like, yeah, it was yeah, cool. I met him at the Melly Mile. Uh, and when did you do that? Was that last year? Last year, I didn't compete. I just showed up to hang out because uh, yeah. a lot of my friends from the UK were there. So I was just bombing around uh, on a motorcycle last summer in England. Okay. And, so and how, I, how was that for, for you as like a, as a, like a spectator? How, how was that festival? I, I think it's really fun. Like, I like that it's, uh, I'm definitely more into like the more relaxed like style. Like there's no like real like winners like yeah. of that event. Like mm. it, so it's less like, I feel like testosterone fueled, like racing, you know what I mean? Like it's more just like people who have built like fun bikes and yeah. they're riding them in some cases for like the first time in those races. And they're just like having a blast. Uh, wow. Like that was kind of like what I liked about the spirit of it. Like the hill climb was more about like how ridiculous the bike was and less like <laughs> someone built, you know what I mean? Someone building some like crazy, like raked out like hill monster. Cause the hill itself actually is just like a little hill. Yeah. So it's more just I like, saw, yeah. I saw a video of Dutch like riding around. Um, there's a video on YouTube of him kind of like giving a tour of yeah, the festival. And, um, and it was actually quite cool to like see the area and like the hill wasn't big, but it yeah. is a hill. Um, so it gets the job done. And, and I think one of the things like you mentioned that he spoke about that I could like feel, I could like feel the energy was that he said this, the, the event was for everyone and it was for anyone to go out and race, but get the full experience of they did their, their heat run they're placed in the right place where the person in front of them is faster and they're ready. And then the lights green, yellow or red, yellow, green. And like, they felt like a professional. And I think that's yeah. like, that's the ultimate feeling 
um, to be able to go to an event like that and you're just some random dude, but you're there to have a good time. Yeah, and same with like the grass scramble that they have is like just like a fun little course that like people are just like, just like racing with your buds. And that reminded me of like a lot of the like stuff that we kind of do in Canada. Like mm. the, there's like a lot of fun events that are like that, that I think is like, hopefully gonna like happen more in motorcycling, <laughs> like in the future. Uh, just like those last, like, kind of like, it's not, no one's professional. Everyone's just like garage, kind of like, yeah. like wrenchers and like, just everyone's having fun. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, that's what it should be about. It's about having fun, hanging out with your friends, riding. Um, yeah, I mean, that's also kind of like the spirit of the scram that I like really liked and really liked about like uh, Isidoro and like the fuel guys like approach. Yeah. Like more that they like, they want like ridiculous bikes to be part of it. Yeah. You know, like they love that like, like that I showed up on like a 250cc, uh, you know, and like that, like Isidoro was on like, definitely like a, a stock, uh, like Royal Enfield, yeah. you know, that he like put through the paces, but he was like, he was charging harder than any of the guys like on like vintage dirt bikes. Uh, and like, it kind of just shows like the, the rider versus like the, the bike, you know, like people who are on these like kind of like ridiculous machines for the fun of it. And like trying to really just like push those ideas and like, just see like how far they can get. You know, yeah. I think it's like a cool spirit of like that idea. And that's what I think is so cool with like, like events like Scram and, and I can like getting to know Isidora a bit. So, so for those who aren't aware, like um, uh, Liam's talking about the Scram Africa, which oh, is yeah. a ride that's hosted in uh, Morocco. Uh, last year was the ninth year that Fuel Motorcycles uh, hosted it. And Liam was there. And what, like getting to know Isi a bit, he's not about like the making the best most capable bike it's like it's about getting the the least capable bike there yeah. and having the most amount of fun because yeah any, like not anyone but like certain people can go out and spend a, a crap load of money on a very well capable bike but are they having the most fun and like that's what you want get a least capable bike and yeah. have the most amount of fun and see if you can make it through the desert like that's that's who people remember the most. Yeah. Is, is oh, that totally. And I think that's, that's why it appealed to me. And that's why, like, when I was talking to everybody at Fuel, like, those ideas of, like, basically, like, like, yeah, like you said, like, anyone can spend, or not anyone, but, like, people who have the financial ability can spend, like, uh, upwards of, like, whatever they want to be, like, outfitted. And, but wow. I find, like, that story is, like, so much less, like, mm -hmm. exciting than, like, someone who shows up on just, like, whatever bike. Yeah. You know? One of the guys that actually was on the Scram was this, this young kid, Tom. And he actually, he ended up having to rent a bike because he was, like, trying to do the same thing that I was, like, ride from England. Uh, like down through France and Spain uh, and then cross into Morocco. Um, but his bike like blew up on the way to the ferry in England. Oh, like no. 
I forget what was wrong with it, but basically, like, yeah, his bike, like, was a small bike like mine, and it didn't even make it out of England. And so part of this guy's story was just, like, like, uh, like getting his bike back and then, like, going home, like, you know, calling up, like, Isidoro and, like, Carlos and, like, those guys and, like, asking them, like, how he could still participate. And he, he ended up renting, like, a little 250 Honda, like a I see, I see Isidoro says it was a 1976 CB350. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was wow. like, and Tom was like MVP of like that trip. Cause like, he, he was the hero. Yeah, he like had that, that just like, you gotta make it kind of like spirit. And yeah. he comes from like a history of that kind of racing, even though he's like, I think he's only like 24. Uh, he was like, he's done like tons of like car racing and like tons of crazy stuff. So he was like very much like, no, you gotta like fix the bike and like make it work or you gotta fix the situation, which that's also like what I love about like those kind of like trips and adventures is mm. just like, yeah, overcoming the obstacles that you're not like. And, and like you, 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 for example, like I think for, for the bikes that I, I, I saw on Scram, it seemed like you almost had the least capable bike. And like, oh, tell yeah. me how you, so Liam was on a Mutt motorcycle. Tell me, tell us a bit about like how, how you chose that bike and like where you started uh, with the bike to get to Scram. Um, so yeah, so I actually like met the Fuel guys when I was in Spain uh, before my band was playing a festival. Um, so I was in Barcelona just visiting a friend and then I was going to fly to play a music festival on the coast, um, in Spain. And I met the fuel guys and was like, I hadn't even heard of scram or anything. I just like, I heard about this motorcycle shop. Uh, and so I wanted to go check it out and like instantly yeah. just like hit it off with like Carlos and like Isidoro. And within the like hour I hung out at their shop they like invited me to come on the trip. And they were like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll just figure it out. And so yeah, right. I left like Barcelona being like, oh, this is sick. Like, okay, I'm gonna go and do this Morocco trip with these guys. But I was like trying to figure out like how I could make like more of a journey out of it. So that's originally I was like reaching out to uh, some other motorcycle companies that I'd worked with in the past, like Husqvarna has okay. left me a couple bikes in Canada. So I was like seeing if they would want to be interested. And then I had met the Mutt guys uh, who were out of Birmingham, England. Okay. And, Cause they sell Treadwell and we had met at Dirtquake and like kind of cool. had known those guys. And then, so I approached them about like having their bike be part of the trip. Uh, and originally it was cause they had told me that they wanted to build a scrambler um like as part of their line and also that they i thought that they were going to have a 450 cc bike that was like ready so i was okay. like oh this could be a great way to showcase yeah. a 450 bike and also if it's a scrambler like that's the whole purpose of this like we can get tons of content um and so then that bike like obviously those guys are super busy so the two owners like uh were like kind of like yeah, I don't know if this is going to happen. But <laughs> younger guys at the company were like, 
super into it and we're like okay we have to make this happen yeah. <laughs> uh and so we were basically emailing back and forth and i was like well i could do it on a 250 as long as you think it could go like uh fast enough that i could take it on the highway that was yeah. like my main because i was like i'm not worried about taking a small bike down to the desert yeah. um because i had been to baja in mexico and i've done that on like one year i did it on like a crf 230 okay so i was like well that bike's like sure. tiny compared yeah. to like what you know everyone else in the desert is on a 450 so i was like oh i could do it on a 250 and uh and the guys at mutt like were like oh yeah you could take this on the highway like for sure uh and then it was funny because like they like got the bike like desert proof and like made it like you know like made tons of adjustments put on like a desert like air filter like stiffened up oh. suspension like yeah they definitely like nice. tricked out the bike like the 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 two guys uh like the young guys who were like working there were like who were jazz they would spend like an hour every night at the end of their shift like basically prepping the like desert mud uh That's like so wrapping cool. all the cables like in electrical tape and like just like yeah. making it bomb proof um so then yeah so then like basically like kind of without like trial or anything like that yeah i just was like okay i'm gonna like ride Please, the bike. there you go <laughs> yeah and they were like yeah there you go like you can take it like just give it back to us like whatever um <laughs> but the funny part was that like they they hadn't like none of us had really tested it and like they kind of were like yeah you could take this on the highway but no one's ever like really ridden it that far so because i lifted it up it's what like two thousand miles from Birmingham to Marrakesh. Yeah, yeah. So just getting down there was like a week of riding. Sure. And what was and what then, sort of like, the top speed of that? The, At like the, a comfortable pace. The bike would like like pinned like would top out at a hundred clicks. Oh my god! <laughs> so once I like crossed England and like got on the ferry or on the 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 train, the Eurostar. I yeah. realized like I couldn't take it on any of the highways because the okay. speed limit like across France is like 130 okay. and this bike could only go 100 and like oh. up uphill it would like go 80 <laughs> and I was like oh I have to like cross the Pyrenees mountains like on this bike and like oh. it won't even like it won't even like go 100. So I had to like instantly like avoid highways like on my like GPS, and uh, yeah, I basically took like back roads all yeah. the way across France. But it added. Isn't a a, that's a great way to see it. Yeah, I mean it was beautiful. I was kind of like my plan was to like beeline through all of France and then like have like a uh, like a day, a full day to just cut across the Pyrenees Mountains <laughs> instead of like going this way i was gonna like go that way okay. <laughs> uh and just take more of the like kind of like mountain passes and like have yeah. fun but once it took me that long to get down like i was like riding for 14 hours a day uh Jeez. for like for three days to get to the mountains wow that's that's so, that's, that's a lot <laughs> yeah so it was like it was really fun yeah uh and like, or no, I guess it took me, it took me three days to cross France and get to Barcelona. 
So that was like more time than I thought. I thought I could just like, you know, a normal bike. Like I'd just be like, yeah. oh, I'll go 140. But like, no. Sure. <laughs> well, but it was and good. It was like, were you good were to you like open up with that it? Bike. Yeah, like yeah. I've definitely done a lot of like long distance trips before, uh, like riding around North America and like doing some longer off-road stuff um like in mexico uh okay. and i've done i've done like at that point i had done like la to vegas uh like off-road so i was kind of oh, like cool. that sort of like longer endurance stuff i was like into but uh but yeah it's just funny because you're like oh you start your trip and you're like this is not what i was like <laughs> thinking i was gonna be doing uh, at all and then like what about uh, like your luggage? Did you have a lot of stuff with you? Was the bike heavy or were you like, nope, I'm going as light as possible? So I, I was trying to go as light as possible. And then the, the guys at Mutt um, were like really worried that obviously the bike wasn't going to make it. So they like loaded me up with like extra parts. Okay. So oh, okay. I had like tons, of, which like I can't complain. But it yeah. was funny to have like I like had barely any gear, and then I had just like these bags of like extra <laughs> like tubes. I had extra like air filters. I had extra like fuel pumps. I had like yeah. a whole clutch assembly. Like I had extra everything, and I literally didn't touch any of it. I like didn't <laughs> do any main. The only thing that I did was once I got to Marrakesh, I like topped up the oil because uh, wow. I just burned. That's so good. Yo, no, it was amazing. It's definitely wow. like, like to speak volumes for the like work that my homies put into the bike to like get it ready. Because like, literally the only thing I had to do when, even in the whole week around the desert, I just had to tighten the um, the like uh, battery leads. That was like okay. the only thing that like rattled loose in like Jeez. the whole trip. But I kind of like the whole time I knew I had to ride back to Spain. So yeah. I kind of was like very cautious okay. like, everywhere I went, like every rock I saw, like every like gnarly <laughs> kind of thing. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I get back to Spain. Like, I got <laughs> to be able to like drop this bike off. Um, and then what was like, what was Scram like? Like, uh, for, I was, was like I've never been on it. I've been craving to go. Um, yeah. It looks so cool. The, the cool thing that I think those guys did, I think uh, maybe by accident, is no one knew how gnarly it was going to be. So, like, everyone was showing up with, like, like idea that we were going to go, like, have fun. I honestly thought we were just going to ride, like, dirt roads. Okay. Like, because you look at a lot of the photos and they look pretty chill. Yeah. You know? And you're, yeah. like, kind of, like, now in hindsight like all the footage that we had on that trip i feel like communicates a little bit more like how gnarly unless they changed the route from the year before and we're just like you know what we're gonna send them into like the craziest off-road like that they can handle because like yeah i was like blown away by like how how crazy the riding was uh awesome. every single day like every single leg that we would hit and like, like my bike was like the lightest. So like okay. it, it could kind of navigate, but there was guys on like Harley Sportsters. I, I heard there was a dude on a Sportster. There was like five dudes yeah. on Sportsters. 
there was like a company in Morocco, a Harley dealer that was super okay. into the idea. And I guess uh, he like outfitted these bikes so they could be taken on the scram. Wow. So they were like charging through like the desert and like sports, <laughs> which they had like the power, but like, man, yeah. there was like much clearance on all those bikes. Like it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, they definitely need to be kitted out uh, quite properly to, yeah. to manage the deserts. But it was cool like that. I feel like the Harley side was like also part of the spirit of it. Like just mm. being like, yeah, like just like ride whatever you can. Yeah. Like through the desert. And, and I like, think that's what's cool is like a dude shows up on a Harley to go through the desert. You're like, fuck yeah, I want to see this guy make it through. Yeah. And I hope he finishes. Like you want him to finish. Yeah, none of the Harleys finished. Like they all, they all basically blew up. Just because I'm sure they got so hot. I know those clutches. I'm sure with that sand, they just they'd, yeah. They'd, and they were like, uh, there was like sand in the oil, and like I think it's just one of those things that like it's just not what that machine is meant yeah. for. But like it was awesome. It was definitely yeah. like so rad. Like watching them. Uh, and it's so nice to hear as well. I'm sure in the desert. I've never oh yeah, been exactly. in the desert before. Yeah. <laughs> not but, like, like that trying to get through like uh like all that like really fine silt like kind of sand like all those bikes would just like get stuck and like it was wild um but i think and, that's, um, that's the thing like at the end of the day when we would finish and like everyone would make it to the camp like you would just be like oh my god we did it like i can't <laughs> believe like you know and you'd look and like some bikes like like were just like trashed like yeah. every day they were like having like put bikes back together and like headlights were smashed and like bikes were like missing like their exhaust and stuff. Like it was so gnarly. Wow. That's, um, yeah, like I kept seeing footage. Like I think Alan and I, my, my, Alan's my business partner with Bonafide and uh, we've been looking at Scram for I think the past four or five years. Um, and we just think, man, it looks so gnarly, like so hectic, like, you just, you, you want to push yourself. And it seems like the proper place to push yeah. yourself. But I feel I see like people are asking, I see people are asking if your hair's long. And I've got another yeah, question. Yeah, people, really, people are really concerned with my hair. I just have a weird <laughs> mullet going on. Nice. Classic, classic weird mullet. That's the real news. People are like, forget this motorcycle story. What is happening with your hair? What's up with your hair, Liam? What's going on with lockdown? Because I saw I saw in some of your old videos you had super long hair. Yeah, I and used then to I have see super in some hair. that it was cut. So are you the are you the hair guy? Does, is everyone I, I'm, I'm the hair always guy, commenting yeah. on your hair? Uh, I'm not the hair guy. I'm the beard guy. Yeah, um, a, they, we have a couple buddies like like I spoke to you today about Zubin. Uh, Zubin's my Indian hair guy. Yeah, and then locally our token South African hair guy. That's Neil. Um, so yeah, we've got oh, some, yeah, uh, we were excited to see, to join you on this trip, the footage. Yeah. I'd love to see some of the, some of the videos they put out. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And well, that was the one thing, like shout out to Cardo. Like there's tons of people who found out, uh, cause kind of like getting the bike. Once I got the bike, I was like, okay, I'm actually going to do the trip. And yeah. then there was tons of people who like got really into it. Like Cardo, like gave me like a communicator set for it oh, okay. like, oh i heard you're doing this crazy trip like here's a communicator set i was like yeah. whoa this is so sick and same with like uh my friend who works for tcx boots 
Like he gave me like a set of boots for the trip and like, oh, cool. yeah, Bell gave me a helmet, like Vans who are like, they, they like are definitely a supporter of Cancer Bats. They like hooked it up for that trip too. So right. that side of things was like also really rad to kind yeah. of see like how many other people were like excited about this weird kind of style like yeah. of the trip like just being like it's good oh, to have that awesome. support that's good to yeah have that support. and i think that's like again like goes to show, like how how much like interest there is in like that kind of like obviously like we all want to watch the dakar and like we all want to watch like you know like g-force jarvis like you know drive up some crazy cliff how how great are his videos oh he, if I've, anyone I've wants to follow ago, a great instagram oh account <laughs> It's and like it looks like his backyard is getting worse by the day. I'm yeah, like, and he's like, I wonder what his neighbors top of his roof. Yeah, for oh. anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, check out G4 Starvis. He is worth a follow. Definitely worth. Wow. A follow. <laughs> and he's I I met him at um so here in uh, Lesotho. So Lesotho is a country within South Africa, and okay. it's very mountainous and every year uh, Motul hosts a race called the Roof of Africa and it is the most insane uh, like I think it's like a mo motocross or enduro type off-road dirt bike event and we were hired a few years ago to go and photograph and video the event and I just like looked at some of the trail and I was like there's no way you can get a bike up that no way Oh, and yeah. you watch these guys navigate that insanely well. And I, I, I have a lot of respect for those guys. And I've been following Graham Jarvis since then. And man, I think he won quarantine with like trying to jump and do a trick around his, in his oh, shed. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh, it looks like he's, it can hold. Yeah, I thought it would hold. No, yeah. no. Yeah, and no, other, I love it too, because like other, you see like through the comments, like other pros are like, oh, dude, come on, like, please. Because they feel that pressure, you know, like everyone's <laughs> just like in lockdown being like, what do I got to like, you know, jump my, my couch or like do something yeah. that's like, <laughs> I, I like that because it's almost like that still that sense of like competition that like yeah. exists like within the whole like yeah the whole thing um but yeah i love all this like kind of like fun stuff oh yeah the thing that i was gonna say before we got on that was the the idea that i think also if people are looking to follow someone follow the fuel guys because their whole idea of just like the way they approach riding like the el gringo that they just did yeah. like i so really cool. want to do el gringo with these guys because i'm like oh great Man, they just like they just like have so much fun. Like they're just like, yeah. oh, we need to go take photos because we're gonna make a new jacket. We might as well like build like a whole ride out of this idea. And like the stuff they were riding, like when they were up in the mountains, like that looked gnarly too. Not like so man, you guys just like find all of the craziest shit and just. Like, I, I just wanted. To, I wanted to see. Um... Uh, one of our buddies was there and, and I, I wanted to just see them like go into a pub and get into a fight or something or have yeah, a yeah, shootout. Very, like, you know, wild oh. Yeah, it looked so cool. It looked so rad. I want one of those like the Marshall, um, the, the El Gringo, like uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Marshall thing. It looks yeah. great. 
Yeah, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Fuel put out like a new kind of like Western style riding jacket and they had these like sheriff's badges and they did this whole video series like of, yeah, them just like riding across and that's just in Spain. But it's yeah. like, again, like those ideas that like we like we all have that riding, you know, in, in wherever we live. Yeah. But it's just like being like that kind of person who's like, oh, I'm going to go find that. Like, okay, that's where I want to take my motorcycle is to like this crazy thing. Um, yeah. Which like, that's the spirit that I think I loved that Scram embodied that. And I love that those mm -hmm. dudes like just continue. Like I'm out in Halifax, like in East Coast Canada. And I'm like, oh yeah, like that's what I want to do now is just like cool. get on my bike and ride to the top of whatever mountain I can find. No, and that's what it's about, like a, like an adventurous spirit and like almost kind of childlike, you know, like yeah. you just want to go out and have fun and, and do it with your friends. And that's, I mean, that's, that, that's why we do this. You know, that's why we put together rides and, and invite people out. And it's, it's just about having fun. And that's what it is. And so Liam, like, um, what I wanted to find out, like, how, how did you guys how did you come up with cancer bats like were you oh, in yeah. bands before cancer bats like tell me a bit about your music background uh cancer so cancer bats has been my band uh for the last 15 years we started it 15 years ago um <laughs> just like and have been into like punk and hardcore before that played in a bunch of bands that no one's ever heard of <laughs> but uh yeah we like put together this this band and kind of decided to call it Cancer Bats. Uh, just like out of, for me, it was like the necessity of like finding a band name that wasn't already taken. So I just like found, thought of something bonkers that like yeah. was easy uh, to like, I could make a lot of merch. I was like, oh yeah, I could like put bat wings on anything. So like, I'll just make that, that'll be like my brand. <laughs> So was there no, like, meaning behind it? It was just, like, let's find no, something. I yeah, I kind of just, like, I knew that we were going to be, like, a heavy kind of punk rock influence, like, hardcore band. So I was yeah. like, oh, it kind of sounds like a horror movie sort of thing. Like, you know, like a B-horror movie poster. Uh, best band ever. Thanks, buddy. Bad um, Sabbath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Bad Sabbath is, like, another thing that we do. We have, like, a Black Sabbath cover band. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah, that we call Bat Sabbath as like our cancer bats. We've been doing that for about eight years and we kind of just do it in between albums. We'll like go and do some Black Sabbath just because it's really fun. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I'm sure people like do love that, like a random thing. Like, yeah, it's Bat Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's funny because like there are a lot of cover bands out there. So for a while, like it wasn't like really too clear, like what was happening. But now people know that it's like, oh, Cancer Bats covering Black Sabbath. But at first when we would we would play, there would only be like 50 or 100 people who would show up. And uh, a lot of times it would be like old bikers. Okay. Who just thought it was like a Black Sabbath cover band. And the cool part was like all of those bikers like uh, now come to Cancer Bats shows. So oh, cool. like big, like white bearded, like, like Harley, like, you know, yep. jackets and like. It fits, yeah. it fits them. 
Yeah, yeah. And so they've now found out about Cancer Rats, like, because of our Black Sabbath band. So that, I definitely <laughs> like, cool. 15 years of professional. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the interesting part, too, is, like, getting into, uh, like, motorcycling and, like, kind of, mm -hmm. like, starting up the, like, Treadwell brand and, like, having that be, like, a vibe. Like, realizing how much crossover there was like you kind of assume like motorcycling and like metal like kind yeah. of goes hand in hand but like now that kids know that i ride motorcycles like yeah. every show like kids come up we talk bikes we talk about dirt bikes oh, cool. yeah so it's that's where like i find the, the whole like sharing all these adventures like has been kind of like really rad because i realize like how many people are actually like even if they don't ride motorcycles they're like into that same spirit like yeah. that same idea of like adventure and travel and all that kind of stuff so that mm -hmm. like i definitely was like uh pleasantly surprised at like how much of like that crossover was there wow. yeah, yeah and i think like cool. kids like i mean i remember before i had a motorcycle i had dreams and visions of getting a motorcycle and going on these big trips. And, and I found it fascinating people that had motorcycles and did these trips. Like I wanted to find out more because I knew at some point in my life, I'd, I'd have that opportunity. Um, mm -hmm. and it is cool to share that with people and, and they want to find out about trips. So that's once they're ready to get a motorcycle, oh, look out. Yeah. Look out. Well, and I think that's again, like uh, what I like about fuel and what like I try and communicate as much too is like how like how possible all of these adventures are that mm. like you don't again like you don't need like the gs 1200 that's like twenty four thousand dollars like you can buy a three thousand dollar bike and like go to africa like that's yeah. like the kind of side of things that i think is like really interesting about like more of these accessible brands and like kind of what i like to like you know, like be a part of is it like in terms of like pushing that, like being like, no, this lifestyle is like really accessible. Like you yeah. can be a part of this and like, like they're not, it's not as out of reach as it kind of feels sometimes. No. And that's the thing. Like, um, I, I oftentimes have people reach out to me and say like, well, what kind of bike should I get? And I'm thinking about this one and I'm like, well, what's your budget? And like, what, what can you afford? Yeah. Because your first bike, and I've, I've finally learned to tell people this, like your first bike shouldn't be the bike that you've always wanted. It's an entry-level bike. Oh, and, yeah. and buy an entry-level bike so that you've got two choices. You're either going to upgrade it because you've realized it's too slow and it's not enough, or you're going to sell it because you just, you're not into motorcycling. Um, yeah. So it's best to just go in low and start somewhere. Just start. And um, that seems to be like a great way for people to do it. Otherwise, you spend too much money and you're not impressed with it. Um, but it's good to start low, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I always you, people, like it's way more fun to ride a slow bike fast than it is to ride yeah. a fast bike slow. Like yep. you buy like a crazy thousand cc bike, but you live in the city, like mm. you're never going to like open this bike up in your first yeah. year of riding. It's like, yeah. you might as well ride like a one, two, five and like have the time of your life. And yeah. then, yeah, like you said, like easily you can just then pass it on to like your friend who also sees how much fun you're having. Mm. And then you're like, sick. Now we're both like, now we're both riding. Like that I feel like <laughs> is what 
that's kind of what got so many people into riding as well. Like, I feel like back in the day, like when you could buy like those 200 CC like Hondas and like Suzuki's and like all that stuff was like being manufactured and was like affordable. Like it was like all of these companies had like these ideas that then the people would like, you know, go on to buy more bikes. And I yeah. feel like that has like kind of disappeared sadly. And it's sort of coming back. Like, I feel like, like Yamaha is starting to have a lot of a lot more of those like five thousand dollar, four thousand dollar like dual sports and like yeah. a lot of those bikes that like make way more sense for like new riders to get into. And like a a bike that I've I've kind of had my eye on a bit more now is the um, like we like here in Africa you you do get a lot of adventure bikes because there's so many places to go far, and the one adventure bike that's starting to appeal to me is the the Royal Enfield Himalayan, and it's not oh, yeah. like a super fast bike, but it's a it's a light bike, super durable. You can fix it anywhere, and it just seems to be a hell of a lot of fun and very affordable you know it's not a very expensive motorcycle um and i think that's what's cool is it's not like super fancy but it's a hell of a lot of fun yeah yeah i think like those like yeah the royal enfield like a klr 650 mm. like the wr250 like the yamaha makes like there's like professional dudes that are like taking that and like going everywhere or like the t7 i think is like that awesome like mix of like uh like a perfect on-road off-road bike that you can still do tons of highway stuff but like yeah can like handle trails and um do you i, I saw a couple people asking on here do you still ride bmx oh uh i haven't ridden a bmx in forever Okay. uh yeah i had my bmx bike stolen actually oh, it was kind of like the real it and like they stole my bmx bike but didn't steal my fixed gear um, okay and so i was like well now i only have a fixed gear bike so <laughs> yeah for pedal bikes like i still only have that all city fixed gear okay. but to be and fair like i just ride dirt bikes and no. i don't ride bmx at all <laughs> And is there, um, so like when I spoke to you early today, you said you're moving from the city out a bit further away. Are there more places for you to ride your dirt bike now? Yeah, so that was like the whole uh, kind of like goal with like coming out here to Halifax uh, is that there's way more dirt biking out here. There's like tons mm. of trails. There's tons of people who ride all the time. Um, and I just got a brand new uh yamaha yz250x all that congrats uh, through my through my homies at liberty cc here in, in dartmouth uh and that awesome. bike rules i'm actually gonna go tomorrow and go dirt biking so oh cool yeah cool. so i'm really stoked but um yeah that was kind of like my main thing like i can't ride out of my backyard but it's yeah. like 20 minutes to the trails from okay here. yeah that's good yeah, and I so saw in some old um, interviews and articles of you, you had a Scrambler 900. Do you still yeah, have that bike? Just, I don't have that bike. I actually uh, don't have a street bike right now. Okay. Uh, I was going, I was like trying to get a, a Yamaha T7, which okay. is what I had my sights set on. And then uh, kind of because of the world shutting down, like that sort of didn't work out so i just like went for the dirt bike for right now yeah. and then i'm gonna figure out a street bike down the road that's cool but uh yeah yeah, yeah you kind of like gotta pick and choose i feel like sometimes as much as i like like one bike to rule them all 
yeah. having like a dedicated trail bike or like a track bike is like way more fun because yeah. you actually have like the suspension and like the power to like kind of take the bike further so yeah it seems like so much fun i've i've, I've wanted uh i feel like each year for the past two or three years i keep saying next year my goal is to own a dirt bike because yeah. it just seems like so much fun i used to ride them as a kid and it just seems like a hell of a way to just let loose and really just rip on a bike jump have a good time um next this year's not my year again hopefully next year i can sort one out oh there's there's our our hair guy neil grantham that's our south african hair guy oh okay uh, we call him mickey rourke we call him mickey rourke he's got this he's got beautiful hair thoughts uh, on here's a question thoughts on bmw bikes uh bmw's are yeah and i definitely i've got love for like tons of bikes like i'm into everything yeah. um the thing i like yeah bmw is definitely like an investment uh but like those bikes will go forever i mean yeah. once you yeah you like break in your like gs 800 like that thing's gonna ride forever true but i met a guy um is, i met a guy who came here to south africa he lives in texas and he's got like a gs 1200 that i think has 600 thousand miles on it yeah and he's never opened the engine once yeah i like, don't doubt it like that's impressive I know the break-in like it's like what on a normal street bike is like your first five thousand but on a bmw mm. like your first fifteen thousand yeah and you're like oh yeah it's like three times like the engineering i feel like that's happening in a lot of other bikes yeah and um like i know um you mentioned earlier that last year you you had kind of planned a festival or you, you planned the band's sort of shows around Scram. Um, did you guys have plans for something like that this year? And um, sort of even if you don't have plans, what, what are some places that you want to go and ride in the future? Uh, we didn't have, like this year, we didn't have too many plans. Um, and I was actually with the band, like Cancer Bats, kind of has finished touring for like the last two years okay. uh so i didn't actually get out riding that much which yeah. this year was going to be my year to like do a ton of rides and like i was gonna try and go to like the uk in may and like do the bike shed show and like yeah try and do like another trip like this summer uh yeah like i talked to like zubin about like maybe going to india with you guys and like yeah. trying to get to like nepal to like go ride with my friends down there and uh yeah it's you know sometimes Yo, it's heavy it's heavy yeah yeah there was lots of riding <laughs> that was planned but that's the nice side is that like man you can ride forever you know yeah. like there's no there's no like shortage of of time so it's It'll definitely still be there. like yeah uh, like we um so like here have you been to south africa before no i never have so that's the one thing that's interesting is cancer bats we've had people like asking us to come like fans okay. uh forever and yeah. we've just like never been able to figure it out because apparently like on uh south african like mtv they used to play like our music videos okay uh for like hail destroyer and stuff like that i don't know if okay. anyone on here but that was when we would play in the UK or Berlin or like 
a lot of places like people would come and visit and be like, oh man, like I love your band. Yeah. Um, you said look like, up a festival. Um, uh, so Alan, my business partner, he was in a band called Zebra and Giraffe. Um, and he says Opikopi. Uh, it's a festival um, that we okay. have here in South Africa next year. So look up Opikopi. You should plan a show to come because next year we'll be doing rods to Swaziland, Lesotho, and you can ask Isidoro. We put on some great rods. So oh, okay. come so, here, yeah. do some shows, and we'll sort you out with bikes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely. Oh, Ryan. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember like uh, actually our friends in a band called Culture Abuse, they came, I think it was to South Africa and they played with this band called SSS. It was okay. like a local band. And the guy, <laughs> the guitar player has uh, a Cancer Bats tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that was like in that That's band. And, they, and I was like, oh, like it's true. You know? yeah. At least you... I know there's one guy, there's proof that there's one guy. Okay. But... Are there yeah, so are there are there other people you know that have cancer bat tattoos? Or that's oh, just yeah, the one yeah. Guy? There's there's like tons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you lots. seen like some what's the most ridiculous one that you know of? Uh there's definitely like like some hand tattoos. There's like yeah. some people who have like lyrics on their face, which okay. is cool. Uh <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cancer bat tattoos. It's Zoo, like Zoo Ann has one. Zoo Ann has, has one. one. My sister-in-law does. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's also part of the scene. Like, lots of people who are into hardcore, like, have um, have tattoos anyway. Yeah. A lot of people get this one. Like, the that was, like, one of our records, DSOL. Oh, cool. Okay. And the, the, like, symbol's pretty easy not to, like, screw it up. So, yeah. <laughs> it's like an easy one. Yeah. But, yeah, lots of people have, like, uh, tattoos, which is like the most flattering thing. Like, yeah. ever. So, does, so does anyone have your face on their back? Or uh, oh, there's two. There's two people that have my one guy in Quebec has my portrait on no his way. back, and there's a girl in Mexico who has a portrait on her leg. Okay, which I think that's pretty flattering. I like it. That's the guy in, in Quebec in in Montreal, like I actually like I've met him or friends now. And he was just um, like, he's like a tattooer, so he's like covered in tattoos. That's awesome. But uh, but he was like, oh, I just like, it's like an inspirational kind of like positivity thing. And I was like, whoa, that's like, like my, like one of my best friend who like plays in Cancer Bats, like he has a portrait of Charles Bronson on his shoulder. Wow. You know what I mean? And I'm like, well, yeah, like, <laughs> it's like. You have Charles Bronson, like that kid has me. That's kind of. The, I'm not saying I'm as cool as Charles Bronson, but I'm like it's equally <laughs> weird, you know. <laughs> um, it looks like uh, it looks like we've started a conversation for you to uh, get into South Africa. So we've got Ryan Frey on here. Um, he's been messaging Al, and it looks like we're gonna put you guys in touch because uh, I think Ryan organizes some musicians locally. So. Oh, okay. The conversation has started so that in 2021, we can figure out some music events and um, we'll figure out our rides for next year. Yeah, so. Ramfest, Okie Pokey. Yeah, that's usually, so lots of times that's what I'll do is like, I'll figure out going to a place 
and then I'll stay usually longer to like ride motorcycles or do something oh. treadmill related or like uh, that kind of stuff. So that's right up my alley. Like, sweet. Yeah. We'll sort you out. Whether we've got a trip planned during that time or not, um, we'll sort you out while you're here. Not a problem. Well, we'll we've got some amazing places, especially if you're saying you've got two or three days. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I always figure, like, I don't know, we flew all that way. Might as well, like, make the most of it. No, no, no. You, minimum, um, when I first started coming here to visit, like, uh, my wife told me, like, you cannot stay for less than two weeks. I mean, you fl fly all this way. It's like a minimum 14-hour flight that you're going to take. You might yeah. as well stay for two, three weeks um, and enjoy it while you're here. Yeah, um, that's the one, like, lesson I've kind of, like, learned is, like, to make that time uh, yeah. as much as you can. Even if it's just, like, two or three extra days. Yeah. Two weeks is, like, yeah, ideal. <laughs> cool. We'll we'll see we got Ricky, we got Dale. And all the homies. And we've, um, we've got a few, we've got four minutes left, maybe almost four three, minutes. but I haven't spoken about your, about Treadwell clothing. So tell oh, us yeah. about Treadwell. Uh, Treadwell's like a little, like fun, moto inspired uh, clothing brand that I do. And okay. uh, yeah, just kind of like out of my, my love of motorcycles and interest awesome. in kind of making some fun stuff. So I make like vests and jackets and t-shirts and hats and yeah. You can go to treadwellclothing.com and check it out. But I feel like everyone who's on here has already heard of it. So, <laughs> well, you've got you've got the South Africans on here who have not. So, oh, okay, yeah, you're so, in luck. So, so, all my so we're spreading the word. I'm nobody's ever ordered it from South Africa yet. So I'm there ready to I'm ready to ship and bags. Oh yeah, handle. Uh, yeah, I make little handlebar bags. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, like a little fanny pack that like you clip onto your handlebars make a lot of fun stuff just like mostly honestly like it's things that i want uh to That's have for motorcycling that like i feel like are missing or like i could make like cool. a cool version and yeah that's like basically what i've would have been doing for the last five years that's awesome that's the awesome. best thanks hannah you're the best well liam we've uh i think i'm the timer's about to come up for two more minutes left uh, big pocket in the back. Oh, and what I did see on your, uh, when I was looking on your website about your clothing, what I loved was that you said you made big pockets so that you can actually put your phone and they don't fall out. Yeah. Why, why, why don't they do, why don't they do that? Oh, yeah. Frustrating. That was why I started the company. Yeah, the, like the back of a lot of the jackets is like a huge pocket for when you forget a bag. Big That's pocket cool. in the back of the vest. I like that. Smart men. Yeah. Well, Liam, dude, thank you. Thank you so much for joining. And uh, I'm glad you could make time outside of moving to uh, be on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and, no, uh, thanks for having me, man. This was fun. And, uh, and like, uh, we will, I will contact Ryan. Uh, I'll give him your email and we'll see what oh, we okay. can do about facilitating getting you here to South Africa at some point. At least we can start the conversation now and start making some plans. Yeah, I love it. Man, thanks. And um, for everyone else on the show, thank you so much for joining. Um, we've got one more show for the week on Friday. I've got Alan Shenton, the other half of Bonafide Moto Co. We're going to give you guys some updates as to what to expect for the rest of 2020 for us. And um, we look forward to having you. 
And that's a wrap, guys. Have a great rest. I was almost going to say great weekend. We're not there yet. Have a great weekend. Every <laughs> yeah. day is a weekend now. When you get there. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Bye. Liam. Thanks, Thanks so much, man. Have... Take it Bye, easy. everyone. Stay safe. You too, man. Cheers.